And we are recording. And so, Presley, we are going to start in three, two, one. Welcome to the Positive Deposit Podcast, where we are transforming minds to change lives. And I'm so excited with our guest tonight. Uh, we have none other than April Freeman, who is a breast cancer warrior. So um, I'm so glad to, to have you on. Um, before we get started, I just want to give you the floor so you can do a quick introduction and then we'll jump right into the conversation. Hello, as you said, I'm April Freeman, 41 years old. Um, just a 41. chill. Like, I know. 31. I'm still a baby. I'm still a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's it. And we'll, uh, we'll go right into it. Oh, you don't want to give away too much. Okay. Okay. Well, um, so thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we're just going to jump right into it. And um, so talk to us about when you first got diagnosed. Uh, what, what time period was it? Were you younger? Were you older? Um, just kind of walk us through when you first found out the, the news. Okay. Um, I was 37. And, you know, they say you get your first mammogram at, what, 40? So... I found the lump myself. Um, so how'd you find the lump? I was getting dressed. And I remember it was, I believe, like Memorial Day weekend. Okay. And I was just in the mirror. The doctors always tell me about doing your breast exam. And I remember saying, I don't know what I'm feeling for. What do I feel for? <laughs> and they said, just, you're a no, you're a no. Yeah. So I'm literally just playing around. And I was just feeling and I found one lump that just felt different than the other lumps. Every female had, you know, lumps in their breasts, but this particular. Oh, I didn't. Lump, I didn't. I didn't know that. So every. I mean, yeah, it's it's like it's not. Trust me, it may look smooth, but they aren't <laughs> that smooth. But if you really get digging, every female has, you know, we have right. lumps. And it was just this one lump that was hard, and it just stood out, and it hurt. Okay. And. This might have been a Saturday, I believe, if not Friday. Right. But I knew I had an appointment with my GYN the next week. So I look back, and I'm not sure I would have gone to the doctor if I hadn't already had an appointment scheduled. So I went to the doctor, and I was seeing a new doctor. My doctor was um, had been sick. So she said... Um, well, breast cancer doesn't hurt. She's just so nonchalant like this. Oh, breast cancer doesn't hurt. So I don't believe it's breast cancer. Okay. And um, she said, and you're not even 40 yet. She said, but I'll just send you for a mammogram and a sonogram anyway. I'm like, okay. And mind you, she knew that my mom was going through chemo at that time for breast okay, so, cancer. So your, so your mom was going through chemo. This the, is the same doctor. No, not the same doctor, but I gave her my history. Okay, gotcha. And um, um, and we just skipping, but we didn't have the BRCA gene, so I literally just got it. Um, so yeah, so she wrote the order for a mammogram and for the sonogram. So that was I went to her. I believe it was May thirty first. Right. I had the mammogram on June sixth, and I remember getting the mammogram. You know, they stone face. They don't say anything. And then I went next door to get the sonogram. Don't you and, hate that when they just, yeah. like, no <laughs> just, reaction. They're just like, oh, this is normal. Yeah. 
and you're supposed to go back to your doctor to get the results. So when I went, when I, while I was getting the sonogram, I said, I'm not sure what you see, but you're on the lump because I feel it, it hurts. She didn't say anything. So she studied doing it. And then when she finished the test, she went out to get the doctor. And when you go get an ultrasound, mammogram, any kind of x-ray, they always, they go, you know, get the doctor. And then you're supposed to get the results from your doctor who ordered the test. Right. So I swear it looked like it took them forever to come back. It might have only been three minutes, uh-huh. but it felt like it was about 30 minutes. It at that did. point, were you getting real nervous? Were you nervous at that point? Um, I don't know. I don't think I was nervous, but I was starting to think that something definitely was wrong. Okay. Uh, but then I was like, no, I don't think so. And I really brushed it off. Right, right. So the doctor came in and he got straight, he went straight to it. He said, um, looking at your results this looks like cancer he said you need to go see a breast surgeon right away he said his exact words he said don't even go back to your doctor he said that's wasting time oh wow so um i remember calling actually and then when i left my husband couldn't get in touch with him i couldn't get in touch with anyone um, as I left. I, I'm sure that was nerve-wracking. Yeah. Like, so I did. I, I cried in the car. Yeah. I did cry in the car. Mm. Um, then I got myself together. And I think I called my doctor's office that same day and asked them for a breast surgeon number. I told them they will be getting the results, but I need to go to a specialist now. And yeah. they gave me someone. And yeah, so I went to my GYN May 31st. I went to, to get the mammogram and the sonogram June 6th. And then right after that, I went to the breast surgeon. Man, so you said that you were crying in the car. Um, obviously, you couldn't get in contact with anybody, which is surprisingly um, weird, you know, uh, especially they knew you were going to the doctor. In that moment, uh, those tears, what, what, what emotion, what, obviously you were, you were crying because you were scared, but what other, what, what were you feeling, you know, so, because so, I'll tell you, right, when I found out, my heart just dropped, you know, um, because I did not realize that I could get diagnosed at the age of 29, you know, so mm-hmm. what was going on in your mind and in your soul at that time? Honestly, I know, I do remember crying, but I didn't feel really scared. It wasn't like so many people scared of the word cancer. Right. Um, It wasn't any of that. It was just like, I don't, I didn't want to be labeled. I think I didn't, Mm. I I didn't want to be, um, and pretty much I was just like, what next? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm a pretty positive person. So literally after I cried and it was very short lived, it yeah. was over. What is that? What is that feeling of being labeled? You know, like why? What, what does being labeled mean to you? Because obviously it brought out some emotions. 
Um, because so, because as cancer survivors, they do label us. You know, they put us in a box. Yeah. You know? So what was being labeled mean to you? I don't want people to feel sorry for me. Um, and I kind of. And uh, and the reason I said, let me back up, the reason I said I wasn't scared, like I said, because my mother was going through it at the same time. Right, right. Um, and my mother has a lot of medical issues. But for the breast cancer, it didn't really affect her too much. She didn't really get sick. Her hair, my hair always been short, but I would wear it styled and sing just like my mom. She didn't lose, her hair shedded some, but okay. she didn't really lose, she didn't go bald. Gotcha. So it was just like, I think I really just cried like, okay, I got this. And I didn't know what to do at that time. But as it went on, um, I was okay for a while. Gotcha. I had a breakdown. So I'll get to that later. Yeah. So when, um, when they told you you had breast cancer, right? Did they classify what stage you were at? You know, because obviously there was a, they were like, hey, we have to, you know, get you into with the surgeon. Like, what, or how did they, they just said, you just got to go to the surgeon. They didn't label it as any stage or it was probably like, um, you caught it early. Okay. So remember I said, I went to the surgeon. So I remember going to the surgeon around, I can't remember the exact date, but it was by the end of that week, the week of the sixth. Um, I think it was the 13th, to be exact. Okay. It was the 13th. So the day I went to the surgeon, I'm going for just a consultation. They already had my results from the mammogram and the sonogram. Right. So when I got there, I didn't see the, the doctor. I saw her, um, who is like the nurse practitioner. practitioner. Yeah. So, um, they sent me down for a biopsy the same day. Wow. And I, I remember being really shocked. I said, oh, no, I'm just coming to discuss. <laughs> so she said, oh, no, we, no, we not playing around. We want to make sure you get it done. She said, a lot yeah. of people be surprised at the amount of people that don't come back. So they already that had. Was, that was going to be you. You'd be like. Oh, <laughs> right. <out."> Peace out. <laughs> So they already had the appointment scheduled for me to go downstairs to get the biopsy done. Oh, wow. So the biopsy came back. Um, I went back to get my results to that same doctor, and that was on 616. Yeah. So I remember I first went on 6-6-2016 to get the sonogram. I get the results on 616-2016. Six, I'm like, look, these damn sixes. All these sixes, <laughs> that's not looking too good. Right. <laughs> well, and keep I mean, them away from you. That, <laughs> that time. So, yeah, I got the results back. And so um, she said, we, um, so, so she looked at the results and she's looking at me and she said, you definitely have breast cancer and it's triple negative. I didn't get the stage at that point. Okay. But she told me the type of breast cancer I had um, is triple negative. So triple negative is it, um, one of the worst ones to have. Oh, wow. Only about 10 to 15% okay. of women usually get it. Um, it's not as common as the other type. Ones, yeah. 
so um she said oh yeah so and from that point forward that office had put together my team so it was that office which is the breast surgeon and then they already had me an appointment set up for the oncologist um so when i went to the oncologist he had already talked to the breast surgeon, the oncologist, and the radiation oncologist. Yep. And then it's a, um, the, the one for the reconstruction, plastic surgeon. Wow. So that was the team. So I didn't have to really do any leg work. So once they had my results, they were just moving. And I had to get all what of these. What hospital was this at? Because I'm about to give them props because they, they yeah. were. <laughs> What hospital were you at? This is Doctors, Doctors Community Hospital. And a breast surgeon, um, she's um, a beautiful black woman. She was excellent. Uh, Regina Hampton. Black girl magic. Shout out, yeah. to, shout out to her. Yeah. So that they were moving. They they were on top of it. Then I had so to get all of these tests done. Yeah. So what so after you got all the tests, you have you you, you already got your customized team. What was the treatment process or was it just surgery? Okay, so that was still in June. So I'm getting tests done literally every week. Between oh, wow. MRI, I think I had to get another biopsy, a CT scan. I had to get a PET scan of my whole body. Yep. Um, so August started my chemo treatment. Okay, okay. So, a so I had chemo, radiation. Yeah, I had chemo. I had... Um, a bilateral mastectomy, then I had radiation, then I had reconstruction. Wow. How many rounds of chemo did you have to go through? So I did six rounds of chemo. So I started August 25th. And I remember it was um, every three weeks. I went yeah. that third, like the third Thursday. That's some aggressive chemo. That yeah. go every, every three weeks. I had R-CHOP. And so that um that was heavy that was definitely heavy oh yeah chemo was no jealousy because with triple negative um it's you don't have too many options oh wow so it's like whatever treatment the chemo they throw the kitchen sink at me um i had like i said i started in august chemo. yeah but august 25th to be exact one week later you know, chemo weakens your immune system. Yeah. I remember being in a grocery store and I broke out into the sweat, just mm. sweating. And then I felt nauseous. I went, I remember I was getting a steak. I was trying to come home and fix me this steak. I, I was craving steak. <laughs> I had the onions and the Wait, gravy. Oh, time out. Isn't <laughs> the cravings that you actually want just all over the place when, when you're going through chemo? You're like, yeah. I want to taste every little single thing. <laughs> My thing was Jamaican food, especially like curry goat. So I was just like, that was just my thing. But go, so you were get, trying to get a steak. You were yeah, sweating, so was, nauseated. Yeah. So I was in the um, in in the giant, and so I came home, and I didn't have appetite. I just felt nauseous. I didn't have appetite or anything. Yeah. And I remember I checked my temperature, and I think it might have been like one hundred and one. Oh, wow. On chemo, you can't have a temperature over, I couldn't have one over 100. Exactly. So I knew. So I think, so that time I called um, 
I think I called my my father came and picked me up. Okay. And, or, or my sister, one of them, and took me to the emergency room. Wow. And they kept me. So I was that was September first. Yeah. And they saw I had infection. Oh, wow. So I ended up being in the hospital for two weeks. Um during that time it was rough. It, mm-hmm. it no other way to put it. It was it, I was okay at first. Literally, like I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah. I mean, I was fine. I had visitors and everybody like don't look like you sick. <laughs> I was like really okay. They were trying yeah. to find infection. And usually when you have a line in, you are susceptible to an infection period um so they knew you know by me having a port but of course they don't want to take the port out because i need that for chemo exactly so they was just checking everything and then um it was about a week after being in the hospital okay all hell broke loose when i say i was just getting sick and sick i was just sicker and sicker and sick i was just they couldn't figure out what was going on so my family was ready at that point. They wanted to transfer me to another hospital because I was getting sicker being in the hospital. And then especially because they can't find what's going on. This infection yeah. is spreading and, and it's right. getting worse. I, I wouldn't right. blame them. Yeah. So as it turned out, it was my port. Okay. And then the antibiotics they were treating me with, it started making my kidneys fail. And then, so they had to remove the port. So by this time, the infection goes into my blood. So I'm sept, you know, I'm septic. And um, I just remember just being weak. And um, I just remember not having strength and just being tired, just you know, just couldn't get it together. Yeah. And so I was in the hospital for the two weeks. I went home for one day and went back the very next day. And while in the hospital, so I only had one round of chemo now. Right. Hair came out. Like I said, my hair always been short, but yeah. picture like a short curl style, almost like Holly right, right. I always wore it like that. And I'm in the hospital and I remember saying, I wanted to control when my hair come out, you don't want to just see it. Yeah. Out all over the place. But I'm in a hospital, what I'm gonna do? Right, so my, right. All on my pillow, just coming out. So how'd you recover from, uh, you know, cause those are the side effects and, and obviously the infection is spreading. How did you recover from this traumatic uh, time? Because, you know, they always say that your port can be infected. So um, thank God yeah. um, they caught that and they finally told you what happened. So how did you recover from that? Um, well, when I came home that one day, I thought I was okay. And my sister came knocking on the door. I couldn't answer. I didn't have, and I sent Brian, I sent my husband to work. I'm like, I'm okay. Right. I wasn't okay. I get, I ran another fever. She came, she literally broke in my house. Yeah. And she sat there with me as long as she could until she, she was like, you have to get out here and go to the emergency room. So they kept me again. And I remember crying. I couldn't, I literally did not have the energy to pick up my phone. I wow. was so weak. I was so tired. 
And by this time, I'm in the open hospital two weeks, so I'm bruised up from yeah. needles and everything. Jeez. So I was in it for like a week and a half after that. And I just remember literally praying. And I remember specifically saying, God, if you give me strength, just a little bit, I can do the rest. But mm -hmm. I need help. I specifically said that. I just needed a little bit of help and I could do the rest. And I just, my daughter flashed before me. She was in the 10th grade at the time. Yeah. I'm like, I still have too much to show her and to teach her. And, you know, wow. she still needs me. But I specifically remember asking for strength. I didn't ask for anything else because, and I was pretty active before that. So yeah. I knew if he just gave me enough strength to get up, to give me the will to fight, give me um, the strength in every aspect, I would be okay. But I had to let him know I needed his help. Mm. So, so that's how I was, you know, that's what got me out the hospital. By the grace of God. And, and, I'm, and I'm so glad that you, you leaned on God because um, through him, all things are possible. And so um, how did your, your faith grow throughout this process? I know you had to do radiation. You had to do chemo. Um, after he gave you that, that extra push, you know, how, 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 how did you stay um, connected to God throughout this? Because sometimes we can be discouraged or we just call on him in those moments, but then we just stray away. So uh, how was that uh, walk with you during it? Um, prayer. Um, really that simple. And yeah. the, the little, the few times I got discouraged, um, I looked at the positive. Yes. And I, I, I do remember it was a couple of days I wanted to just feel sorry for myself. I wanted to, I was just moping and I was just tired. I couldn't get up and just drive my car like I normally do. Just couldn't do anything at will. And, um, but I just looked at, oh, I was, I'm a little better than I was the day before. Yeah. I'm yeah. able to do this. Um, and my husband, oh my gosh, he thinks water is the cure-all for everything. <laughs> and... <laughs> He kept me hydrated. He made sure I ate, even if I didn't want to eat, he made sure I had a protein drink. Whatever the little thing, he just made sure I was nourished. And one thing I can say, I, I was a good patient. I wanted to say a couple of things, but- Were, you a, good, you, was, were you a good patient? This man is on his hand and feet trying to make I, I sure promise. you get the nutri nutrients. The, you know, he's being a great husband. Right, he, he, he was. And I can truly say, my sister was, she made sure, she got me to the hospital and she always checked on me. She would cook too. So aside from her, I truly believe that he single-handedly nourished me back to health. Amen. That, shout, out um, to, shout out to Mr. Freeman. Shout, right, shout yeah. out to Mr. Freeman. So, um, and then, cause a lot of one thing, even though I stayed, I had the infections, a lot of people I went to chemo with, most of them had to go back for IV fluids. Oh, wow. Um, I never had to go back. Amen. So, because whether I wanted to drink or eat or not, you know, he made sure I See, stayed that, that water so. came in hand. That water, <laughs> because, because the IV is all it is, is fluids. Yeah. So him, yeah. him doing that was just awesome. Yeah. So, I, I, so that brings a question to my mind as I'm thinking about that. 
how is it how important is a caregiver um, during this process? Very important. Um, for the most part, I was I was pretty independent. Yeah. But those days that um, I didn't want to do anything, didn't want to eat, didn't want to you know drink. Um, he made sure I did, and I distinctly remember even my daughter when he wasn't there. I remember calling him. I'm like, you told Shania, my daughter. Yeah. Like, you told her to give me Gatorade and water. He said <laughs> no. I mean, she was a warden when he wasn't there. So, yeah. yeah. So they were definitely, you know, they were definitely on it. So your support circle outside was it outside of your your husband and your daughter? What was a uh, immediate family around to help as well? Or oh yeah, definitely. Talk um, to me about that. Talk to me about that support system that you had. Oh yeah, my um. My mom, my sister, they live around the corner from me. Okay. Um, my sister, like I said, I really credit a lot of it, a lot of my healing to her. For one, she was the one that made sure I got to the hospital. Um, but she took me to every chemo appointment, um, every surgery. Yeah. She's there. Um, she made sure I ate. She cooked food for me. Um same with my mom, even though she has a lot of medical issues, um, and couldn't physically do much, but she was, you know, that ear. It's something about your mother's voice. Yeah. No, you know, when I hear her voice, it's like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> That's that, 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 the sound of peace. Yeah. You know, that, that covers over you. So you um, got through all your treatment. How was it going through reconstruction, you know, with the plastic surgeon and things of that nature? Um, and even still, so back up, even before plastic surgery, surgery, when I had the bilateral mastectomy, they put expanders yeah. in, temporary yeah. expanders. And remember, my body rejected that port. They had to take the port out. Oh, not the rejectors, too. So my body rejected the expanders. Ooh. My body just don't like foreign objects. So I got the... <laughs> expanders in, in March when I had to buy out of my second March 2017 they supposed to have stayed in to December so I had the wow. reconstruction surgery they had to be removed one was removed May nowhere near December so one was removed in May and I think one was removed in June so from June to December I'm completely flat mm. And because they couldn't go back in, so the skin had to heal, and um, then I had to go through lymphedema therapy to kind of loosen up the muscles. Right. Then I had radiation. Um, I had already started radiation, but then I had to stop because you get mapped. And when that expander what, came, I was gonna out, say, what is you get mapped? Meaning like what? Is yeah. That? So before you start radiation, I have like these little small dots. They prick you. Um, it's like mini tattoos. Okay. And they map in the area. And before um, um, radiation start, so they know exactly what's getting radiated. Okay. And nothing can change. So the volume. So I went from having a noticeable chest to nothing. So then radiation had to stop. And I had to like get retested again. 
So then that was, so I finally had finished radiation in July, 2017. Yeah. And then the reconstruction, reconstruction started December, 2017. And that was painful. The, the mastectomy was painful and I can take some pain, but it was very painful. So you could take pain uh, on a scale of one to 10. What was it? What was the pain level? Um, and even backing up, even going to radiation was painful. The doctor said, you've been through so much, radiation is going to be a breeze. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I went in there with that. And I had 30 sessions. I went five days a week for six weeks. Wow. Wow. And he said that I remember everyone kept saying it's going to be like a sunburn for yeah. radiation. And first week, Okay, second week, like, okay, I can do this. It's okay. not bad. Oh my gosh. Right. I had when I had two weeks left to go, I burnt so bad. Like under my arm. So and it's the summertime. So luckily I'm home by myself. I have no shirt on and I'm walking around like this because my underarm and like my back area is just burnt. The skin is off. Uh-huh. That's not a sunburn. And that's so, just from radiation. Just from radiation. So you got to think because I'm triple, it was triple negative. They had to just really, it it burnt. So it it was nothing like a sunburn. And um, I remember they, the doctor just prescribed me some pain medicine that didn't work, the Silverdine cream. And I remember, um, I was pretty open about my journey. And I just remember posting about my journey. And one day going in radiation, you know how you, God always sends signs. I remember yeah. being in the car and going to radiation every day. That gets tiring. You're only in there for 15 minutes. Right. But going every day is just a lot. And I'm like, I swear I want to get out the car. And a song came on. I had never heard the song on the radio. I've heard the song, but it never played usually when I'm in the car. And I can't think of her name, but um, this is my fight song. Yeah. Take back my life song. And that song came on and I literally was like, all right, God. I'm like, and I literally did. I'm like, that's my sign. Okay, let me go in and knock this out. But I was burnt. I was hurting. It was just my, just imagine getting hot water thrown on you and how your skin peel. That's how my skin looked. It was very painful. Wow. So then I had to heal from that before I could start the reconstruction process. And the first phase was December, okay. 2017. And um, they took fat from my stomach. Cause remember my body didn't like oh. the port. It didn't like the expanders. So they didn't think that I was a good candidate to have implants. It was best to use my own tissue. So they um, took fat from my stomach and pretty much built me some new girls. <laughs> and I remember- <laughs> I'm sure you are mad. You know, they're like, all right, let me just flatten this out a little okay. bit. I'm not then- bad at all. <laughs> I clearly remember. And the, the top part didn't hurt so much. Yeah. That hurt in March when I had the mastectomy for like a... a truck was just sitting on my chest but after a while that got better and you kind of lose feeling in your in the chest area 
Right, right. So that wasn't so bad. But where they took from my stomach, I didn't, everything I had done was at Doctors Community Hospital, except for the reconstruction. That was at Johns Hopkins. So I had to stay there for three days um, to make sure that the flap took, um, pretty much they moved my veins and everything, um, make sure I had good blood flow. And I remember saying, people elect to do this just because, I mean, this is some serious pain. It was, it, it was very painful. Um, I couldn't even really straighten out my legs, like lay straight for over a year. Wow. I had to, like if I laid down, lay on my side and pull my legs, but just to lay flat, yeah. it took a long time for me to strengthen my stomach to be able to do that. Wow. April, you, you've been through a lot. This, this triple negative definitely put you through the fire. It stretched you. It, um, you know, it made you cry. It made you, it made you um, appreciate your husband even more, you know. Um, <laughs> and um, so I, I'm so grateful for you sharing your journey because, you know, fighting cancer is not easy, you know. And, um, but the strength of God definitely brought you to where you are right now. And so um, one of the things that we do on the podcast is we always ask our guests, what are three positive deposits that you would um, say can help inspire someone that may be going through that uh, negative? And before before I ask you that question, and just think about three positive uh, phrases or positive advice that you would give, how long have you been in remission now? Um. 2017. Okay. Okay. Three years. And and I still have scares. I still go to the oncologist every three months. I literally just had a biopsy done last month because they thought they saw something yet again. Yeah. Um, I've had PET scans since then. Um, I've had MRIs since then. Um, So every time I get an ultrasound or I get a PET scan, a hot item shows and then I have to go get another biopsy. So yeah, I'm in remission, but I still get a scare every uh, so often. Don't you hate all these tests? You know, like it's, it's, it's it's so annoying because it it is nerve wracking at the same time, but, but you look good. You look great. Thank you. And, you know, just looking at you, I'm like breast cancer. What? You know, so you're definitely uh, not only a warrior, but you are a survivor and, and we definitely appreciate you. Now, I gave you enough time. What are, uh, yep, yep. What are three positive deposits that you would share with um, a recently diagnosed breast cancer survivor or someone that just needs that inspiration to get through um, that treatment? Maybe it not be as intense, in, intensive as yours, but yeah. Um, well, something that I recently told someone that was diagnosed, um, to be positive, yep. so, it's so easy for you to give in and think negative, but the mind is powerful. Yes, so it is. The more that you think positive, the easier your journey will be. Amen. Um, stay off the internet. Ooh, that's a good one. Don't to stay off the internet. 
um, we, you know, with everything, a computer at your fingertips, you want to look everything up. That can be good and it can be bad. But yeah. the internet will have you dead and buried and you <laughs> yeah. thinking that you can't fight and that goes back to, you know, it just craves on your mind. Yeah. Um, What's your last one? Um, allow people to help you. That's a real good one. And I, and I struggle with that one. I struggle with that one too. And, and, and I say that out of experience too, because um, you want to do it on your own, but there really are genuine people that want to help you and can lighten your load and make your life a little easier. So allow them. Yo, the, those three are powerful. And um, like you heard it, lighten your load. Stay off the internet. Google and Wikipedia is not going to help you. And you have to stay positive because your mind uh, is, is the tool that will help you get through your journey. So, April, I'm so thankful and blessed uh, to have you on the show. Now, if people want to, you know, reach out to you and, um, and just talk to you or just uh, hear more about your journey, uh, where can we find you on social media? Oh, yeah. On um, IG, Sweet Reds Rock. <laughs> okay. someone gave me that name and i never changed it okay okay um and on facebook april branch freeman april branch freeman. i've been pretty open about my whole drink like on facebook now um, my profile picture is my head is bald okay um for the month of october okay all right all right yeah, i was well, pretty heard- open and hopefully i can touch one person no, I, your, your, your journey um, is different. And I think everybody's journey is unique. And I'm so glad that you were courageous to have this conversation with me. And you are now part of the Positive Deposit family. So um, um, I'm so glad to walk in, welcome you in. And so there you have it. You have April Freeman. She already gave you our IGs, uh, handles, and Facebook. And so if you want to reach out to her, she is more than welcome to, with open arms, to have you. Um, talk to her, walk through you through your journey. Um, follow us here at, at Positive Deposits, INC underscore. Please go to our website, www.positivedeposits.org, um, and where you'll find this interview and also to uh, donate because without you and without your support, we can't do great things like this. So with that being said, um, we're signing off. And as we always do, transform minds to change lives. See you.